What I want to essentially talk to you about is how to have a miracle Christmas. I want to really draw into the idea that God is miraculous, that He's supernatural in nature, that this is not a figment of our imagination. We're not just gripped by some sort of ancient mythology that sort of pacifies us through the difficulties of life, but rather we've been gripped by truth. And the Spirit of God, a real entity, a real being, the, the very Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is here to do some things. And He's aware that you showed up. He's aware of your schedule, of your busyness. He's aware of the weapons of mass distraction that try to pull our minds and the, the pressures that are trying to assail us. I just want to tell you that what happened as far back as the beginning when God had the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters and He spoke, let there be light, and the action of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit caused something so amazing to happen. I want to show you in the scriptures about the Holy Spirit with Mary, that she conceived by the Holy Spirit, that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in Elizabeth, his mother's womb, that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and he performed those miraculous things, and that eventually the Holy Spirit was designated to be poured out on all flesh, on the church, that we would be empowered. So I just want to put you in touch with a miracle aspect of Christmas and all the way to Bethlehem and the manger to right now in the gritty issues of each one of our lives because, boy, do we need... We're grateful He was in the manger, grateful He died on the cross, grateful He's ascended, He's coming back, but, boy, we need Him in the here and now. Amen. Father, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be here in this little time we have together that there would be spiritual nutrition. I'm responsible to feed your sheep and tend your flock. I ask that by your grace you'd help me to bring something gourmet into their hearts. Lord Jesus, be honored. We just want to wish you a happy birthday. We want to just, just humble our hearts and just honor you and want to smile toward you and express our love in you and hope for other people to come to know how good you are. I pray the boardrooms, the, the showrooms of car dealerships, the classrooms of schools, households, people that are isolated, people that have so many people in the family. It's like a big fat Greek wedding. I just ask you'd move and sweep through the bi-state area. All through here, this valley, I pray your presence would be sensed starting right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Please grab your Bibles and we're going to read from Matthew's Gospel and we're going to look at chapter 1 and I'm going to try to sequence this in a way. Matthew chapter 1 starts out with genealogies that we'll not read let me tell you how important genealogies are. What verse 1 through 17 tells us is that the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, he has this transference from Adam from actually all the way from the beginning. And then we get to verse 18. Why are genealogies important? Because it shows God moving on people's lives and individuals are important. And that you are, in fact, someone that God is aware of and that he's targeted. And in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. The birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. This was a 
you know, a social mishap. Joseph was going to just privatize this. He wasn't going to make a lot of fanfare out of it. But then when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from our sins. Everybody say Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's the gift that you just did. You don't have to take back. That's the gift that is not cheap. That's the gift that is the highest price ever paid. She bore a son, and she called his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Relief. How do you spell relief? J-E-S-U-S. Who do we have to thank? The Holy Spirit who is there, who convened, who makes Jesus the unique person of the universe. We were all conceived by mothers and fathers. Jesus is the unique birth. He's fully God and he's fully man. And this is why he could be relied upon. There's nobody that's ever been like him or ever will be like him. He's unique among all. He's beautiful and worthy of our focus. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us, God with us, God among us, God working for us, God not against us. The Bible says if God be for you, who could be against you? He didn't spare his own son, but he freely gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? To God be the glory. Verse 24, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. We owe a lot to Joseph's response. But, he, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. He called his name Jesus. Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. What a beautiful name. Now, let's go back for that reference in Isaiah because it's so symmetrically amazing in the lineup of description of Jesus' work and ministry. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and then we'll flip over to chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. It's by the Holy Spirit. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit. As realistically as the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters and the day of creation, the Holy Spirit hovered over Mary, and there was a, an amazing intervention into humanity. Listen, this is powerful, because what happened is we had to have a rescuer that could relate to us, a person that could be present in the form of sinful flesh and yet without sin. That's what Jesus was. What Adam did in the forfeiture of the garden when he took his free will and forfeited the call by disobeying God, Jesus, according to Romans chapter 5, and you should read it, he did more than enough to repair the damage and to rectify the situation and to restore us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the Lord himself, verse 14, chapter 7 of Isaiah, will give you a sign. The Lord himself. Behold, a virgin will be with child. And bear a son. She will call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. People are, always ask, where's God in this situation? If God really loved me, why did this happen? Listen, what I ask is, why wasn't it 10,000 times worse? 
You know, it's really what didn't happen. A lot of people, we get upset with God. It's like, wait a minute. There's so much sparing and so much deliverance and so much mercy. I took a quick scan just looking around, and I was thinking already, just what a few things I know, people have been delivered from some terrible things. There's been some intervention in this place. God's been good to you. It's true. Now, in chapter 9, let's go back over to verse 6, and it talks about the child that will be born. But I want to show you this word. It says in the King James, unto us. In the New American, it says to us, but both mean the same thing. Essentially, God moved on behalf of humanity just because he wanted to. And you need to personalize this. What God did for Mary, what God did for Joseph, really, he was doing through Mary and using Joseph, revealing that that forerunner, John the Baptist, the Bible says, was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb as a foretaste and a description that's to happen in humanity We're to be a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led, Holy Spirit-drenched group of people. We're to be different than we used to be. The church, when it's at its best and in tune and in touch with the Bible, is on fire. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 3, He said that He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And that is an amazing thing to have fire shut up in your bones. It's the opposite of apathy. It's the opposite of cynicism. It brings you into a place of energize. It's not emotionalism either. It's not hype. It's not something of adrenaline. It's not steroids. It's the real thing. We don't need any substitutes. This is without substitutes. It's without parallel. There's nothing like the mighty move of the Holy Spirit in the life of, uh, of a believer. Think about Mary when the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. Think about the phenomenon of a birth that had never happened like that before. I mean, this is why we're having Christmas, guys. This is not just some religious holiday, man. This is holy. This is awesome. He is the son given to us. Unto us a child is born. That represents his humanity. Unto us a son will be given to us. That's his deity. Don't forget it. Understand it. He's fully God and he's fully man. He's unique. He's worthy of praise. The government will rest on his big, beautiful, strong shoulders. And his name has been, will be, and will continue to be called Wonderful Counselor. Boy, we need, has anyone ever needed counsel? The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. There's no counsel like the counsel God will give us. He'll counsel us through frivolous lawsuits. He'll counsel us when we're grieved. He'll counsel us when we fail. He'll counsel us and correct us and admonish us. And he's all because of his love. Whom he loves, he chastens. He'll even deal with us and correct us as sons and daughters. It's something we can have as a deep assurance. He doesn't leave us in the lurch, just floating. He desires to be present and specific, to walk you through procedures you need to make decisions on. What to do with career choices. What to do with relationships. What to do and how to overcome when things are just so weird couple said to me in the parking lot when they were coming in, I'm glad we had a little extra time in our long drive to work some things out before we got here. I thought, that's cool. The counselor was sitting in the car with them, and they were laughing and teasing each other. I don't know what happened before. Maybe it was a little less peaceful. I don't know, but he's the Prince of Peace. In fact, it says he's the mighty God. He's the eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. Biblically, Isaiah prophesied, Boy, every one of his words is accurate. None of them fall to the ground. 
And verse 7 says, There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. That means things are busting loose for you and me. We're having a miracle Christmas because this all was birthed in miracles. A miracle, by definition, in the dictionary, is a marvelous event manifesting a supernatural act of God. A marvelous event manifesting a supernatural act of God. Supernatural. Now we talk about, we have beautiful sunsets during the fall in Missouri, especially in Chesterfield Valley here. We, it's right, the sun sets and it's blazing orange and beautiful. And people say, isn't that a miracle? Well, no, it's actually a natural phenomenon. It's actually something God set in motion. I certainly attribute it to the beauty of God's creation, but that's not really a supernatural act of God. The initial creation was, that's just natural. But there are supernatural things, supernatural things. And I've shared this, that it just my reference of being caught in a strong current in the Pacific Ocean and being pulled behind rocks where the boat couldn't see me and where my Dive buddies, though they're very responsible, were busy shooting their, spearing their own fish. And I got caught in a surge that was at least five miles per hour. Well, I did a little research later because I wanted to overcome my feelings of insecurity about how poorly I performed swimming. And I found out that if you're in a three-mile-per-hour current and you swim like Michael Phelps, the Olympic champion, you'll stay still. If you swim as hard as you can against a three-mile-per-hour current, you stay still. So this was five miles per hour. I'm not Michael Phelps. (laughs) Plus I had a spear in my hand and my male ego kicked in and I thought this belongs to my friend and it cost like $1,200. There's just no way I'm going to lose this thing. As it turned out, it was smart because I could have poked critters if I needed to later on. But I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking that I didn't want to have to, you know, say, hey, I threw away your spear. It's crazy how male ego will kick in when you need to be wise. But God covered me anyway. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to tell you, a miracle Christmas factors that in. Our frailty, our, our foolishness, our absence of thought, our, we don't have a complete perspective on everything. None of us do. We all see and know in part. But God has it all figured out. So I'm drifting away from these little islands. And if you Google it, it's Three Kings Island off the coast of northern, the northern tip of New Zealand. It's about 70, 80 miles offshore. Nobody lives there, and this day that we were the only boat within about 80 to 100 miles. I found that the New Zealand, somebody told me they don't dispatch helicopters and people like Americans do. They just kind of let you float. So I've been told, now if you're a New Zealander, you could take issue with that. I don't know, that's what I was told. But that was going through my head when I was in the water. But I thought, the angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear him. I see. And all, all things for which you pray and ask, believe you receive. I'm in the middle of a miracle here. The thought occurred to me, God, this is, could be fatal. You get lost out in this, and there's, they do a grid to search for you. I've watched enough Discovery Channel to know that they go back and forth, and they do this grid, and they, every minute of the time that ticks by, it decreases your potential. And I had all that going on. I'm, you know, It's funny how you get good at math in certain bad moments. So I was doing the math. But also down in my spirit was residing this awareness that God hears and answers prayer. And that in fact, I'm a candidate for the supernatural, for a miracle. I'm a candidate for a miracle here. So I knew how to pray. God, the only hope I have 
is that that captain finds me. So I pray you give him a substantial wisdom. And I even knew he's going to have to figure out the wind, the waves, the way the current's moving, where I last was. He's going to have to have, he's going to have, to have an algebraic thing happen in his head now. And I hoped for the best, and then I prepared in my mind. I thought, okay, I, I saw on a Discovery Channel that if you, you got to prepare for the worst. So I had to adjust in my mind, I'm going to be out here for three nights. Now, that doesn't cancel out the first. The first was, I need a miracle, and I believe in God. But in my own approach on my human side, I have to be prepared to fight this fight and not belly up and give up too quickly. So in my head, I decided I'm going to hold out out here. I'm not going to freak out. I also decided I can't panic because if I panic, it's going to burn up all my energies. And I even later saw a show where the blood sugar in your brain, it causes your brain to get so numb that you can't do simple tasks. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to tie the knots in this floats. I had a couple of floats for my line if I shot a fish, which I the next day shot with the biggest fish I've ever shot, almost 40-pound yellowtail. And it was huge. And, I, and we had to have these floats because the fish would pull you under the water. That's what they thought happened. As I shot a fish, it tied me up, pulled me under, and then they, they thought I was gone. Well, so I tied those floats, and I kept tying the tie, and it, kept, it was still loose. I kept having to tell myself, tie these knots tighter, tie these knots tighter. And I was yelling, tie these tighter. And I tied them, and I could start to feel my brain slip. So I finally got them tied and secured under my arms. So there I was, okay, and I kept paddling. I decided I'm going to swim and paddle as hard as I can until failure, until I can't kick one more kick. It's not going to hurt me to swim as hard as I can. It doesn't seem to be doing me any good, but this is all I can do in the natural. But God, I'm going to trust you in the supernatural. And I need a miracle. I need a miracle. But in the meantime, this is what I'm going to do on my human side. I am going to fend off fear. I'm going to tie these buoys up under my arms. I'm going to kick as hard as I can, as long as I can. And literally, when they found me, I couldn't kick anymore. I was laying face down with my snorkel resting, and I was in between waves that were five feet high in the, like bowls. I even said, how are they going to see me? Well, I was resting. They came over. They thought I was laying, I was laying there. They thought I was dead. I said, this isn't good. They yelled my name. I looked up and said, hi, guys. <laughs> and... Uh, I got pulled out of the water. Later, I looked at the screen and the programming on these sophisticated boats. They record and register where you tracked. And so he had had a screen that had a line where the, the island was and where the boat was and where the trajectory was where he shot they got out a little dinghy boat with an outboard motor, and they looked all through the close places where they thought I might be. But this guy said, I think he might be out there. So he aimed the boat out, and the other people in the boat said, they didn't say it out loud to him, but they thought, why is he shooting straight out this far? He went out for a mile and a half, way far away from the island, and rode right up on me. I would attribute that to the miracle that we see all the way back at the birth of Jesus, born, birthed by the Holy Spirit. I would attribute this to the miraculous nature of things with God. I had a miracle. I had a miracle. It wasn't a sophisticated result. No, 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 listen. 
Listen, get this in your spirit. Could this be that what I propose to you is what is available in the air right now? The very air we're breathing is charged with the potential for the miracle. We are, we, well, let's have a miracle Christmas. Let's take the miracle of Bethlehem. Let's take the miracle of the virgin birth. Let's take the miracle of God among us and God with us. And let's factor it into whatever our deal is. I realize my testimony is kind of, we're in the Midwest and we're landlocked. So it's kind of impertinent. Like you're not going to go, likelihood is you're not going to get caught in a current diving and get you know, away from your buddies. But it does pertain to a vicious attack of some sort of issue with your health. It does pertain concerning the streams and currents of life messing with one of your kids. It does pertain with weirdness at work with somebody that just seems to constantly be bent against you. It does pertain in your finances. It does pertain in, in the thought processes of our lives. Come on, man. We need miracles. We might as well understand that God is the God of miracles. I saw a show where people were talking about their atheistic viewpoint, and there was a man who used to believe, and he, then he contracted a terrible disease, a terminal life-threatening disease, and he basically said, I have no hope. He was in a perplexed place because he had so resisted the ideas of God, and he got himself in trouble, and he was staying resistant. And his point was, my testimony is I don't have any hope. I thought, well, then why don't you return to the shepherd and guardian of your soul? And I don't know why he didn't. It was chilling to me. I visited a man in a hospital. I said, sir, I'm a pastor. I've been asked to come pray for you. Get out of here. I said, well, but I, get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you. I don't want you to pray for me. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. Get out of here. I just prayed on my way out. I was like, nobody's going to stop. I want to pray for this guy. I didn't mean to be obnoxious, but I thought, please have mercy on his soul. At least don't let him die in his sins. Captain Pete and I had a moment. I felt like a doofus, by the way. Because when I was out in the water, I was thinking, God, I would rather be the rescuer, not the rescuee. <laughs> so I'm standing in the boat, and I stand up with Captain Pete, and he said, here's where I was, here's where I aimed to get you, and here's where we found you. He shot directly to me. That's God. That's God. I'm still not quite settled in on it. It's amazing. It happened fast, but most things do. God's a rescuer, people. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. Why did Herod loathe it and want to kill him? Because Satan saw that his number and his time was up. Why did those people rally around that cradled son? Because it was a miracle, and it was the birthing of a miracle. It was birthed. He was birthed in a miracle. The Holy Spirit was there. And I just want to tell you, that spirit that moved in John the Baptist, and he came forth in power, that spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that's the sameness, that same spirit. That, how can you understand sameness if you don't go and look and see that he's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace, and there will be no end to the increase of his kingdom or of his government. Now, I, I want to finish with Acts chapter 1. Verse 8, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The essence of Jesus and what he said in Luke's gospel about how he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery to the, of the sight to the blind and set free those who are oppressed and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Why is the Holy Spirit here? Why did he bother to infiltrate the human race? In order to sustain miracles and birth the supernatural activity in natural people, he would pour out his spirit on all flesh and bring the supernatural element to it. I had a supernatural encounter in the Pacific Ocean, but I've had several supernatural things happen to me. So have you. There are miracles that have happened, and there are more to come. But we're also actually called to walk in miracles. We're called, like Jesus, who had the Spirit of the Lord upon him. The Lord said in the prophet Joel, and then Peter repeated it, the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and old men will dream dreams, and young men will see visions, and I'll pour out my Spirit upon my bondservants and my handmaidens. When we pray, we believe we receive. I prayed through my snore. I spoke to a man about this disaster I had in the water. I said, man, I cried out to God. He said, you know what? I had that happen to me when I was a teenager. I was trying to pass a truck. I got caught in the, the soft shoulder. I, my car went out of control. I hit a tree. He said, my front wheels were over the side of the cliff. My car was so smashed, I had to crawl out of the back seat. He said, I got out back and finally got my car back in there. I drove down into a town and said, I got out of the car and I took two or three steps and my legs went out from under me. I said, what did you do in the midst of the trouble? He said, I cried out for help. And I said, it's because God had more for you to do. God rescued him when he was a teenager. God rescued you and me many, many times. We pray that God would deliver us from temptation. He's delivered us from some stuff. The Holy Spirit is working in this place. I want to read this because in order to have a miracle Christmas, we need to develop miracle-oriented thinking. I'm glad I've learned about the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. I'm glad 1 Corinthians 12 tells me concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit, I would not have you be ignorant. Now, like you, I don't like fakery. I don't like hype. I don't like charlatan stuff. I don't like having an atmosphere of manufacture. I don't like placebo effect. I don't like mob think. I don't like any of that stuff. Because I so yearn for the real thing. And what I see modeled in the book of Acts is so important for the advancement of the gospel. We must, with dignity, embrace these vital truths. With dignity, we must draw near to these truths and understand there is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit has been poured out. In the Old Testament, he was poured out upon people. And in the New Testament, he comes to live and dwell on the inside of us. That same Spirit that caused the conception of Jesus in the Virgin Mary, that same Spirit that got on Jesus and caused him to perform miracles and signs and wonders, that same Spirit that still saves, that still heals, that still restores is available to the church world. And he says here in chapter 1 of Acts, he said, Jesus, he was in the manger. He led that sinless life at 30 years old, baptized by John. He was baptized in the water. He comes out. He goes to the wilderness, and he's tempted for 40 days. He returns in the power of the Spirit. He quotes Isaiah 61 that I read in 
in Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. I pray the Holy Spirit would come upon you, work through you. You pray through your snorkel. Captain Pete finds his way to you. I pray whatever's going on at school, God helps you in the system of things to prepare for your future. Whatever's going on to you and the symptoms in your body, the healing power of God would move in your life. Whatever you're needing and believing God for concerning relationship issues, I pray God stills the storm, removes the acidic darkness, and brings healing in between people. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says here in Acts chapter 1. John baptized with water, it says in verse 5, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, immersed, drenched, filled with the Holy Spirit. So when they had come together and were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, no, it's, it's not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But verse 8, you will receive power. You will receive power. He's not weak toward you. He's mighty in you. You will receive power. You will, you will be empowered. You will not be intimidated. You'll be emboldened. You'll not be depleted. You'll be equipped. You'll not be left in the lurch. You'll be found strengthened with might and power by His Spirit in the inner man. We have a miracle Christmas today. You tear through the presents and you clean up and you have your meal and fellowship all around this subject. Man, the Holy Spirit caused this lady named Mary to say, Be it unto me according to your word. And the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he's still present today. Still looking to do miracles. Still looking to bust out in our natural situation and provide the supernatural. What's the deal about the church? The Holy Spirit. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even the remotest parts of the earth. I love that whole thing because it's talking about local, immediate, regional, arm's length, distant, you know, national, the uttermost parts, global. And it just shows each believer, you get so filled with the Holy Spirit, this miracle of Christmas gets on you, and it'll spread. It'll go all the way from your Jerusalem, your Judea, your Samaria, to your uttermost parts. It'll pervade. It'll affect your family. It'll affect and rock your world, man. This is Christmas Day, people. This is miracle Christmas. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in our lives. I appreciate you're happy that I got pulled out of the water. That makes me feel welcome here. My wife is happy, slash mad at me for getting in that situation. But hey, we're all in situations. We're all in need of the desperate need of the presence of God. We're all in desperate need of the presence of God. We need God to intervene. Where we're weak, He could actually make us strong. Those of you that have tendencies to depression, God will bring you into joy. Those of you that have tendencies with addiction, day after day, God can strengthen you and be present in your life and help you one day at a time not to succumb to that comfort zone, but to stay in the place with Him where you're strengthened, 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 and you win those battles. It's awesome. He's supernatural. What am I commending you to? Not systems of uh, success principles, although walking with God in principle will cause you to succeed. It's really because of the substance and power and presence of the Holy Spirit. 
that same spirit that caused Jesus to be born of a virgin and to be raised from the dead and to ascend was dispatched and is upon us. And I'll tell you what I feel as a church. My illogical conclusion on this goes far beyond just my Jerusalem of my personal needs. It gets to where we could actually proclaim this to the uttermost parts of the earth. We could see the gospel go forth and penetrate people's lives. Father, would you do some extraordinary things for these people today, I pray? Would you bust into their world on the practical level and overturn every blockage, every hindrance, every mental construct, every management of expectation? Would you burn up doubt and unbelief out of our heads? Would you lead and guide people back into a place of intimacy and strength with God? Would you peel off the callus and help us to be tender again? Would you minister to those who have been sorely discouraged and bring them back up into a place of peace? Would you rescue people that are just so busy that they're almost berserk with stress? Father, would you cause the young people, the youth culture of our church, to grasp the gospel in such personal terms that they revolutionize history? Would you cause world revolutionaries to rise up from our ranks? Father, would you cause people to have undiminished joy? God, you brought forth your people with joy. You're chosen with gladness. And there's not one feeble among their tribe. I bring you good news of great joy unto all the people. Everybody say good news, great joy, all the people. That would include each one of us. How many of you think, I'm going to open your eyes, I want to ask you a question. How many of you think, I'm grateful for being pulled out of that water situation? I am. I am. I am very grateful. I'm very grateful. On a personal level, this is a big deal. Personalize that. I'm only giving you that testimony to shine light on. I got myself in a situation and God got me out of it. To shine light on the God that got me out of it. Okay? Unto us, unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. You get that? That's Christmas. That's Christmas with teeth in it, man. That's Christmas with power. We're having a power Christmas. I've heard of power lunches. We're having a power Christmas this year. And I pray the power of the Holy Spirit gets in your situation in terms that you can understand and in ways that you most need it. In fact, some of you, your hearts are opening up to walking with Jesus. You never got this before. And you're like, I want to walk with God. I want to be a man or a woman of God. Right now, the Holy Spirit's doing that. He's convicting you of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He loves you. He doesn't want you to fall under judgment. He doesn't want you to stay under sin. Jesus came on a rescue mission, and if we'll receive Him, we'll embrace Him, we'll humble ourselves and acknowledge Him as Lord, that He'll come in and He'll change us. He'll change our world. He'll forgive and cancel out our debt of sin. That's good news of great joy to all the people. So don't put it off. This gift has your name on it. This gift has your name on it. 
they opened presents in my house last night and it's like they picked up a gift and there's no name on it. Who's this for? It's like everybody. Maybe, probably me. I hope you get that attitude here. That's for me. That's for me. Say, I'll take that. Father, I ask that you move in each heart. God, that we would not pacify ourselves with religion. We would not be inoculated or vaccinated, but we'd get the whole deal. We'd truly follow through. God, I ask for genuine conversion. I ask for genuine salvation. I know from your end, it's all genuine. But I pray we would not be in any way sifting or filtering out what you're trying to do. Right now, Father, I pray for your presence to fill this room. I pray you stir people who have received the power of the Holy Spirit to move into new levels of the gifts of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, if there's anybody here who needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that they'll hunger and yearn and receive all that you have for them regarding the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I pray if there's anyone here who's not saved, they would make that firm dedication to your grace today. Grant them repentance. It's by your grace that we're saved, through faith. We have faith because we've heard the word. We've got your word on it. With no one looking around, you say, man, I'm being called to task. I need Jesus to come into my life. I want that supernatural living Jesus to be my Lord. I want Jesus to be my Savior. I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to Jesus today. If that's you, you say, man, I want to be counted. I need prayer. I today, Christmas, want to dedicate and give my life to Jesus. If that's you, shoot your hand up real high and then you can put it down. God bless you all over the room. Just lift it up high and then put it down. It's between you and God. You're saying, I want Jesus to come in and penetrate this world of mine. I need Jesus, that cradled son that died on the cross to come into my world. You say, I need to rededicate my life. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I need things to get straight today. If that's you, shoot your hand up and then put it down. God bless you. Dedication is important. Dedication is important. Let's pray this together. Father, thank you for your supernatural plan, for your supernatural possibilities. I receive Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I will walk with him. I will serve him all the days of my life. God, use me to make a life-transforming difference in this world, in other people's lives. From this moment forward, here am I, Lord. Drench me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, have yourself a miracle Christmas. God bless you.